it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to The Price of Football, the show that looks at the money behind the beautiful game with me, Kevin Day, and Liverpool University's Kieran Maguire. Kieran, it's um, a special interview pod today, one of our Fridays. I always look forward to those. Um, Again, in the interest of honesty, I, I would like to be able to say... Wow, since our last pod, Kieran, that went out yesterday, what news we got from Everton and their appeal. But we're, we're recording this 30 seconds after that, so clearly nothing's happened at Everton yet. It will do as soon as, as, soon as that yesterday's pod goes. I just get confused. The timeline's confusing me again now, Kieran. And anyway, how are you? Anything happened in the last 35 seconds that I didn't see while I was looking at you on the camera? No, no, all is still tickety-boo. I'm still irritatingly cheerful. <laughs> Um, we are on the price of football, Kieran, huge fans of fan representation and fan engagement. Um, and it seems to me that there's one club that's getting it 100% right in that direction, and that's Lincoln City. So we spoke to Rob Bradley, who's chair of the Red Imps Community Trust and the elected fans representative on the board at Lincoln City, and also the former chairman of Lincoln City. You get the feeling, Kieran, that you might be a fan of Lincoln City. Rob, thank you so much for joining us. I'm really pleased to get to meet you and talk to you. Tell us a little bit about your life outside football first, Rob, and then how you came to be a Lincoln City fan. Um, Well, I've run my own business for quite a long time. I'm semi-retired now, but I work for my son. and did the little architectural business over to my son, uh, which actually has given me a bit more time to be more involved in Lincoln. Uh, But I've always been a Lincolnshire guy, Uh, lived in Lincoln a long, long time. And um, I uh, I used to live on a dairy farm and my dad took me age five to watch Lincoln City. Lincoln was a massive city compared to where I used to live in the middle of nowhere. And I actually was carrying a milking stool to stand on to see over the wall. (laughs) And age five to see the red and white, the green of the grass, the lights on, wondering why everybody was laughing at me because it was, oh, look at this cute kid with a... Milking stool, <laughs> and uh, we 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 went there in a van. I was sat in the back of a van because my brother was in the only other seat that the than the driver had, and it, I was hooked. So I've always been a Lincoln fan since the age of about five, really. So that's seventy plus years. That, that's such a lovely image, Rob. Just you, <laughs> just you and your little Wellington boots on top of this little stool peeking over the wall. That's that's fantastic. 
It was it, literally a three-legged milking stool. Absolutely. Wow. There you go. Do you know what? I, I sometimes I'm not that far behind you in terms of age, but I sometimes wish I was a little bit older just so I could I could have a story like that. <laughs> um, I, I mean, your your involvement in Lincoln City has been going on for a, quite some time, as it has with sport in Lincoln and the county in general. But you're the elected fan representative on the board at Lincoln City at the moment. How did that come about? Well, yeah, this is my second stint, to be honest, but um, I was, I did it in the early 2000s um, and actually became chairman of the club through a, a strange set of sequences and that sort of thing. Um, and then I came back, uh, the trust were looking for people to get back involved. I did three years uh, chairman of Lincoln United, the local non-league football club, which was a wonderful experience, lovely, lovely bunch of people, still friends. So I got back involved with the trust at Lincoln. Um, this is like four years ago. Um, became the elected supporter director and chair of the trust. Um, and we've sort of tried to sort of revamp the trust, get it to grow because the club has grown so much. So we wanted the trust to match the achievements of Clive Nates, his colleagues on the board and, and Liam Scully with his leadership, you know, his operational leadership. So um, I've seen the club in two different states, really, a skint little football club and one that's progressed so much in uh, in its size, how it does things and everything else. So it's, it's my second stint. I shall do it a few more months and then stand down because the whole idea of a elected supporters representative is that supporters get the chance to be on the board of their football club. They can join a trust and if they want to put up and and um, show that they can that they can help, then they can they can actually be on the board of their football club. Any any fan at Lincoln City. So it's time for someone else to have a go. But um, so I've had two stints and um, uh, it's not what I've done, it's what the trust has done in both cases. Pivotal really in the survival of the club in the early 2000s and, and making a contribution to a very together football club in this in this recent sort of era. So two stints and both really valuable for, for me as a fan. Yeah, I, I want to come back to the fans' representation in a moment, Rob. But uh, first of all, I didn't I didn't realise you were chair of Lincoln United as well. Was is that a much more relaxing job being chair of a club at that level, or is, or is it more hands on and intense? It's definitely hands-on because I've marked the pitch out. Um, I've done the PA, done the match secretary because we all we all muck in. And if you like football, uh, you, I can thoroughly recommend your local non-league club for involvement because it's such a such a good experience. If you love football and you love the people in football, it's uh, amazing. You meet some wonderful people, go to some fantastic grounds at. Stocksbridge Park Steels and Leak Town and Chase Town and more local Stamford Spalding that sort of thing. So uh, that's a that's just 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 great fun to be honest. And there's there's big challenges. It was a job to keep the finances right there, let alone anywhere else. It's the same all the way down the pyramid. You ask anybody right down the pyramid, they've all got the same challenge, which is keeping a club afloat. And don't know about flourishing, but you know the way the costs are of everything it's 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 really difficult and we've seen it with one or two non-league clubs have gone by the wayside 
this season. But that was a lovely experience. Thoroughly recommend it. Well, we we talked in our pod yesterday about um, in Berkshire, the council raising the prices of of pitches for grassroots team and how short sighted that is when it comes to you know, factors like health and, and engagement for people. It's just a very short sighted, short term financial hit which so many clubs at that level can't take. Yeah, absolutely. Um Lincoln United's prob- and, and a lot of them is not well, a lot of them pay rent, as you quite rightly say, and rents go up. A lot of them don't own their own ground, so they've got you know, lease costs and that sort of stuff. But the impact of players reimbursement, shall we say, at the top has gone right down through to non-league, right down to Lincoln United level. There's quite a lot of ex-league players playing lower down now and quite a lot, some have chosen to work and play part-time football because it's less, uh, there's less risk of losing their jobs as full-time footballers that, you know, what their lifestyle is like and their uh, sort of work experiences in the football league. So they're, they're, they're happier to work and play part-time football. But there's a lot of financial demands, you know, even down the pyramid in terms of player costs. So it was a little bit like that at Lincoln United. To be competitive and not have some such good resources, gates of about 160, playing clubs with three, 400 gates. It was real. We were like an event company in the end because we were putting on so many events to raise money to play, to pay the costs. It was... Uh, we were very, very busy. I want to come back to your role on the board, Rob, because obviously at the price of football, we're big fans of fan engagement. And it's brilliant that Lincoln have a fans representative. But is it a symbolic role? Is it more than that? Is it? Do you play an active part in decision-making on the board? That's a great question, because especially at Lincoln, because fan engagement is, is like a golden thread running through the football club, to be honest. And we have a fan advisory board, which used to be a supporters board that the club consult with. We've got the trust. We've got three representatives on the board of directors, to be honest. Two two are elected by the trust and one guy, Steve Toynton, who is a director in his own right, but he likes his role with the trust. He's the treasurer of the trust. So we've got two elected and, and one who chooses to be with the trust, even though he's a director anyway. Um, and I think the tone in terms of fan engagement and then the sort of procedural, you know, what we do about it is set by Clive, the chairman, because he's so, so much a fan. He has no claim about the football club uh, personally, other than the fans are the most important people there. So I would, I would say the sort of elected supporter director role is very different if if they if they exist at all at a football club because a lot of a lot of clubs don't permit that sort of thing. Um, they've chose not to elect a supporter onto the board, which I don't I don't think is great. Um, I think there's a there, there is a role. Um, the one thing at Lincoln as well is we've got investors from abroad now compared to a long time ago when getting investors from Lincoln was as the good the, you know the most you were going to get. Now we've got Clive and South African colleagues. We've got Harvey Jabara and his family and other American investors. And there's always a role for someone who knows the football club, knows in inverted commas. Not that the new guys don't, but they, they'd they like to know the local opinion when things are discussed at board level. How will this go down? 
what do you think the reaction will be, that type of thing. So people who are supporters day in, day out and travel home and away and get a, and have a long-term feel for the club can be appreciated by those who come in relatively recently. So I, I think that's that's one way of contributing, even though my investment is a season ticket and theirs is million of, millions of pounds. So we do have a role in terms of the opinion, but it's, I shall stand down and um, we want someone to come in and hope, hopefully two or three so we have an election and they'll need to have a bit of business now um, just to understand what's being put to them at board level um, and then contribute as best they can on behalf of the trust. But the trust is the fans and the fans are involved at board level and that in a, as a principle in itself is very valuable. Yeah, do, do you think you get treated differently by the board though because you used to be the chairman? No. No, no. I think you see, it was it was almost two completely different football clubs. The, the football club was on its backside when when I was um, chairman. Before it was, we, we were in the high court. We were struggling to exist. A fan was on the board. I did. I didn't do much other than do the PR. We brought in people to sort the commercial and the finance out. So I was a bit of a front man, the sort of acceptable face of a fan involved in his football club, but it was people behind the scenes that did vast amounts. Um, and now it's, a, I would say, it's apart from the ground that we're at, which has been improved, we're a very, very different football club. So professional, um, playing at a higher level, massively sort of social responsibility in the community. So... Um, I've seen two very different sides of, of the same football club, Lincoln City. It, it, it's clear from what you're telling us, Rob, that the supporters' trust has a very good relationship with with the club and its owners. But you were involved in setting up the supporters' trust more than 20 years ago, and you were one of the the first clubs to do it. And I remember people from Lincoln coming down to uh, advise some Palace fans when we thought we were going to have to do the same thing. Tell us how you got involved in setting up the Supporters Trust in the first place and why it was necessary. Well, it, was, it, it wasn't our idea, to be honest. The owner, chairman at the time, John Reams, sadly no longer with us, he was, um, he was the archetypal football chairman. He was, you know, he was quite abrupt to people and he suffered the stresses of being the chairman, but he was actually a lovely guy. I wouldn't say I have anything said against him. And he said, um, he put this proposal, um, if you raise a certain amount of money, I'll accept a supporter on the board. Um, Now, whether or not that was purely to raise a bit more money in another way, but he was a bit of a forerunner because that happened around the same time that trust started to crop up at various football clubs. And um, I don't know if you remember the absolutely wonderful Brian Lomax and what he did at Northampton. And that all was cropping up at the same time. So the trust was set up at Lincoln and we eventually reached the, the target and and the trust was part of the club then. Um, so it was, a, it was a really archetypal club chairman that invented it and the trust has existed ever since in in good in a good form and in sometimes in a really dodgy one because the trust has had its up and downs the same as the football club has. You mentioned Brian Lomax and, and he was another of the people that came down to, to talk to Palace when we were setting up Supporters Trust. You, tell us a little bit more about the, the ownership structure at Lincoln City because it's, 
it's slightly unusual, I think, because it, as I understand it, the fans own 11% of the club, but they also own shares in the holding company that own the rest of the shares in the club. Is that is that right? Yeah, there's, there's a holding company. This was this was something that concerned a lot of us when a holding company was set up. Um, and I think the club at one stage has tried to go back to just being a limited company with the, with the normal range of shareholders. But the holding company is more or less the owners of the football club, where there's a much smaller group of shareholders, which are the new investors. And the trust own 1.3 million shares, of which 1 million is in the holding company and 300 grand is in the, is in the football club. So the holding company was set up to attract more investment because it gave people more control. And to be fair, it, it sort of has, albeit the investors now can see the, uh, what should we say, the, the imbalance with all the hundreds and hundreds of other shareholders who, who are, you could say are sort of excluded from their ownership. It's a, it's a, it's a complicated one. And you may be gathering that I'm I'm floundering too a little bit. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Rob, I'll tell you what we do. I'll bring Kieran in here then, because Kieran uh, Lincoln is a club that Kieran has um, spent a lot of time talking about. So, Kieran, how different and unusual is the way Lincoln operates compared to the rest of football? I, I think it's more inclusive um, than many clubs. Uh, I was asked uh, a year or two ago when they announced the financial results to to attend one of the meetings online with members of the trust. Clive was there, Liam was there, and what was very clear was that they were open to questions. Now, as, as we know from what we do on the podcast and when we do the live shows, you don't always like the questions you get, but you've got an obligation to answer them. So I was impressed with the, the transparency and the you know, sometimes brutal honesty of, of the replies that both Clive and Liam gave. So having a, having a share ownership from a trust is beneficial because it does mean that they, there is a natural voice to be heard. There is a limit to what can be achieved under those circumstances. And also, then there can be seen, and, and, and as we know that fans become factionalised, that if somebody comes in and says, I want to buy a proportion of the, the club, if the supporters' trust can't match that investment, then the supporters' trust share becomes diluted. So I, I'm absolutely in favour of it in principle, Um it is indicative of that bond between fan base and club, which we think is is part of the modern game, which is being dismantled by the hedge funds and private equity and so on. Um, and therefore, it's it's a credit to the game, but it's it's not it's not a solution to all of fo- football's problems um, because sometimes there's a big bill to be paid and. You know, a trust doesn't have the money and individuals in the trust don't have that, whereas high net worth individuals might be able to provide a different solution. And, and sometimes we've seen, sometimes you've got to hold your nose as a fan in relation to the owners. And I think the advantage of having a trust is that at least the, the trust is able to get the viewpoints of the fans across um, to those regimes where things might not be perfect in, in many in many elements.
This episode of The Price of Football is brought to you by the AI-powered workspace Notion. What if you had access to tomorrow's tools today? In Notion, you do. It's the AI-powered workspace where any team can turn ideas into action. My career is sort of a bit like being a butterfly, and I'm always jumping from project to project. So therefore, Notion helps me from summarising meetings notes and automatically generating action items to getting answers to any question in seconds. If you can think it, you can make it. And Notion is for everyone, whether you're a Fortune 500 company or a freelance football finance lecturer. You can try Notion for free when you go to notion.com slash price of football. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash price of football and start turning ideas into action. That's notion.com slash price of football. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Rob, I want to talk. Thank you, Kieran. I want to talk a little bit more about fan involvement in a moment, but... First of all, you're also the vice chair of Lincoln City Women's FC, aren't you? Uh, I was. Oh, you were? Uh, okay. Yeah, I had a season. And um, to, be, to be honest, Lincoln City Women have come under the wing of Lincoln City Football Club now. Uh, they were a standalone body, albeit they were called Lincoln City Women. So I had a, a season, a year, uh, just to try and introduce a bit better governance uh, to, to, to get some, to help with the structure, um, which you know, which um, I think we achieved, um, but they've come under the wing of uh, the, the men's football club, if you like, now. Well, what are the economics of women's football at your level? And and do you fear that the women's game will follow the men's in the way that money eventually will be unevenly distributed throughout the leagues in, in women's football? Yeah, I, I could be, I could be, um, I could get criticised here, but the level that Lincoln City women play at it's 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 not sustainable basically um because the the problem we had uh and we we did you know there was some money in the bank put it that way and um but the gates that lincoln city women were getting the sort of fundraising or lack of it um and the sponsorship which was very modest was not covering the costs so, and it's a it's a public it's a public record. Lincoln City to the tune of about thirty k, not huge sums, but Lincoln City Football Club to the tune of thirty k have helped out Lincoln City women. Um, now, the 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 team, the people, fantastic. But there is a question there when you look at that, and then you look at the game higher up. Um, with Arsenal's full house crowd and and the funding from TV and that sort of thing, so I just query because it's not that big a step up the pyramid from Lincoln City Women to the stuff we see on the telly, basically. Um, so I just think it's which you know I didn't want to. It's like it doesn't sound right to criticise the women's game like that because the men's game's like that anyway. 
in that clubs further down the pyramid are struggling financially and there's a massive imbalance in the funds going into the game as a whole. So you could definitely say that's about the men's game, which is why the new deal is proving so difficult to work out. Um, you know, and the Premier League and Championship and parachute payment, all of that debate, it's just you should never have it all at the top because the health of the game at the top is reliant on the pyramid as a whole. And it seems to apply for the men's game and now for the women's game. I, there, there are so many people at the top of the Premier League who don't realise how important the bottom of, of League Two and beyond is. You know, the, the, the broad base of the pyramid is what holds up the top stones and people forget that. And this is something we talk about so often on the pod. You undertook, um, Rob, you undertook your own fan-led review last year. How did that come about and, and what were the results? Well, uh, the football club saw Tracy Crouch's report pretty universally praised, a, a really, really good report. And the football club, rather than wait for a regulator and we'll find out what the rules were, we thought, we, this is, um, David Lowe's is, is a director on the board, um, fantastic guy. He led a group, which was uh, the trust the fan advisory board, we've got Lisa, which is a, a supporters group, uh, and others. 617, that's, that's the lads and lasses that make the noise in the ground and that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. They were all represented and we had a fan-led review group and we've been meeting ever since Tracy Crouch's report came through. And the early conclusions were, we don't have to follow what the rules and regs are. We can work out what's best for Lincoln City. and. Um, the group made recommendations to the club board about there being a golden share, uh, which we've called the fan share. We've given it a different name. Um, and that's just been approved at the football club AGM in the last couple of weeks, that the trust hold a fan share for certain significant matters. Um, the board being the current guardians, but are not going to be there forever. So, and, and, Hopefully the trust will be, and obviously the fans are always there. So if certain things crop up, the fans get a vote, basically, and can veto uh, decisions made by any board in the future. Well, I mean, that's I mean, that's fantastic, because I think it's only you and Exeter City that, that have that in, in currently in English football. So is there a list, though, of, of certain decisions that can and yeah. can't be vetoed. So what yeah. are we talking yeah. about? Are we talking about kit changes here or are we talking yeah. about bigger issues around the Well, we, we're talking, you know, some people would say, you know, the change of kit, we think back to Cardiff a bit ago when they wanted to change colour, change of club name, think back to Hull when they wanted to change the name, the badge, uh, change of design of the badge, the imp, not having the imp or having the imp. That sort of stuff would be decided. There, there's one significant one, which is the name of one of our stands, which is the Stacey West stand. That's named after the two Lincoln guys who perished in the Bradford fire. So that name must remain in place, uh, or certainly there's a vote and a veto possibly. But probably the and, and there's one or two other sort of heritage things. But the main thing is is a, a ground relocation. Um, now the ground, if the if uh, a new, or this board or any new investors want to come in and move ground, then the fans get a say. But they don't get a say about any move because the trust and the fan-led review group, all the fans 
um, representatives all felt that um, we mustn't deter investment. And if somebody wanted to come in and invest by us moving a reasonable distance away, but then the ground would be used instead of once a fortnight, it would be used maybe even 14 days a fortnight or 14 nights because this the ground here is great, but it's not great for additional sort of commercial income. So we we agreed that the proposal would be for any move beyond the Lincoln Bypass. Um, and to be fair, there's not that many sites within the bypass um, and most of them are, would be not too bad for the supporters. But once you're outside the bypass, which is which would not be unheard of, then that would have quite an impact on current supporters, you know, traffic-wise, getting there and that sort of thing. So we've got a say in ground relocation when it's a drastic one, if you like, and then other historic heritage matters that mean a lot of things to a lot of people. It, that's brilliant that you've got the golden share. I, I, really fantastic news. But is is that is that all fans can vote, or do you have to be a member of the supporters' trust before you? We can have vote? to be a member of the trust, but we we have um, all club members, season ticket members are in the trust. So right, okay. gates of get about eight thousand people, just under six thousand of those are season ticket holders. So there's a lot of people would would get a say in that. Brilliant. And, and in general, what do you make of the the Tracy Crouch fan led review? I think it's super. I think it's really, really good. It was, it was a shame they they dropped some things when it when it then moved into sort of white paper stage, and I think we really need some action now for it to become law and for the regulator to be in place. I gather there's people being recruited. I think to, yeah. to the department that it is whatever, um, but we can see there's there's clubs struggling and there's things going on that it needs a regulator to get on top of the job. So. As, as a bog-standard fan, you'd think, come on, get on with it, basically. Yeah, so we're, we're all worried that those recruitment agents are going to come knocking on Kieran's door. He's, he's <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Um, it's, been brilliant, it's been brilliant to talk to you, Rob, to get your insight into a club, a rare club that takes fan engagement and fan involvement so seriously. I, I want to finish with two questions, and the first is a, a very general one, but you're involved in, in so many ways with football, and you have been with cricket as well in in your in the city that you you so obviously love and in the county that you're obviously very proud of. Why is why is sport so important for your area, Rob? Why why have you been involved so heavily all your life in these things? Well, you know, rather than mentioning myself, I think you know, I think I mean, I've just been like the front man for the trust and the, and the club way back. I think Lincoln people are fantastic. And I think Lincoln people get so much more, Lincoln and Lincolnshire people get so much more out of their football club than just the match that takes place. We have a fan village where everybody congregates at 12 o'clock onwards. It's it's a crutch to people. It's a family to people. Um, people need it. I've, I know of people who've, like I've got a friend, his wife passed and part of, not even, not, not never get over it, but part of that is, is football family and the Saturday afternoon and the not about taking mind off it, but just know there's just lovely people out there. And then there's the wider football family, just to mention for Bees United guys, Stuart and Don, who've advised us about the fan share and stuff like that. The wider, we've, we've been talking to them and now we're inviting each other to football matches and stuff like that. So it's the social side, it's the friendship side. We all get passionate. We all swear and curse at, 
10 to 5 and things like that. But you get so much from sport, not just football. Um, and it's it just binds people together. And you've, you've got a conversation. If you're in a pub and neither of you got anything in common, well, you know, it's a struggle. But if you both like football, you've got plenty to talk about. Uh, Rob, I've always said that. If, if you're at a wedding and you're sitting on a table with strangers... <laughs> <laughs> and they don't like football. It's a long day, isn't it? It's, it is it, a long day. It, it's really yeah. great to hear you to speak like that because you you sum up basically what Kieran and I think about football and sport in general. I, I sometimes feel sorry, Rob, for people who don't get football, who don't Me understand too. it because they 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 think it's a game for. They still think it's mainly working class blokes when it's not. There's a whole spectrum of people who go to football and. Jordan, so, and and talking of, of football, this this season mid table playoffs still a possibility? Do you think? Uh, well, we're on a good run. We had we had no strikers from September to New Year. They were all injured, uh, so uh, the club addressed that as soon as they could in January, and we're doing all right now. We're seven unbeaten, so I think we can be top ten. Another another three points or six points, and the fans will be talking about the playoffs, of which. <laughs> Never thought that was going to happen, uh, sort of October, November time. But yeah, doing really well, doing really well. And we've got a good head coach and lovely football club, doing all right. Yeah. And you're established in League One now, aren't you, basically? Which which for a club of Lincoln size is a, a great step in the right direction, isn't it? Yeah, we haven't spent a lot of our history at that level, to be fair. This is, four, I can't remember now, fourth, fifth year, perhaps, something like that. And um, it's a tough league. There's some big clubs in it. But doing all right. And if, um, you know, we've got people who saying we want to get promoted. We want to, in our future years, we want to get promoted. And that's lovely to hear. There's people involved in this football club that can perhaps make it happen. So it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Well, Rob, we wish you all the best. You should be very proud of what you're uh, involved with at Lincoln City. And it's been a pleasure to talk to you, mate. That's very kind. Lovely to meet you guys. And I really enjoyed your book. It's fantastic. I'd love that interview. As I said to Rob afterwards, it's it's brilliant that we get to talk to MPs and we get to talk to club owners and we get to talk to all sorts of people in the game. But I'm I'm probably always really happier talking to a, a proper fan, uh, and he's a proper fan. And Lincoln City are doing their very best to accommodate the proper fans and their views, which is great. I still have to say, Kieran, slightly confused about that ownership model at Lincoln City. I'm not entirely sure even what a holding company is. And the fact that the fans own the share of the club, but also of the holding company that owns the club, still baffles me a little bit. Yes. I mean, we are seeing uh, this increasingly commonly. If, if you think about Palace, you've got CPFC 2010, and you've got CPFC Midco and Holdco and so on. It's, it's often just a way of allowing people to own different parts of the club because quite often um, you will have a holding company which owns the football club and it also owns another club which owns the stadium and you've got another club which owns you know, some other facilities. So it, it's done sometimes for tax planning. Sometimes it's done from the perspective of if we want to sell the football club, we can also give the football club to a new owner, but we can protect the stadium Especially if you know, the, the, the fans own part of the stadium come here. So, so you know, there's there are good reasons. There are sometimes bad reasons. But in in the case of um, Lincoln City, uh, Clive and, and some of the other major shareholders, they put money into the holding company, 
normally once or twice a year, sometimes more often. Um, and then when the football club needs that money, it sort of draws it down like a sort of glorified overdraft. So you can see the logic behind the strategy that they put into place. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a real pleasure to talk to somebody like Rob, who is so passionate about his city and about his county. And if any of our listeners, especially our older listeners, have got similar stories that involve uh, milking stalls and football grounds, I'd only be too happy to hear them. Thank you to everyone who's donated to the pod via our Patreon page. If you'd like to make a small monthly contribution as well, that'd be very kind of you and you'll get you access to our chat community and our regular quizzes. And you can do that by going to patreon.com slash price of football. If you have a question you'd like answered on the show, email us at questions at priceoffootball.com and go to the same website if you want to buy one of our books or T-shirts. Thank you for listening. Bye, everybody. Bye. The price of football. I'm for the